The uh, scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 20, and I was going to bring my Bible up. Then I'd have to remember what page it was on the Pew Bible, so I brought a Pew Bible. So I can tell you that it's on page 788, if you'd like to pull out a Pew Bible, in the right-hand column near the top. Acts 20, 32 to 35. Now I commit to you... Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, We must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about our uh, attitude or our frame of mind about work. And I was making the comment that I'm not an absolute stranger to the working world even though a preacher for lo these many years. Believe it or not, I actually do some work too. And that line about, that I hear occasionally, that the preacher works one day a week, it is true, he works one day a week. But he works several other days a week as well, as that one day. And so there's a lot of work that goes on. And we talked about how we should be working for the Lord. We talked about our attitude toward work and what it means to work for the Lord and not necessarily for ourselves or even for a boss. But when we do work for a company or we work for a boss, that our attitude about that should be one that's really governed by our Christian faith, one in which we find great joy, we hope. We talked about how work should fulfill us. That working itself, it takes up so much of our time, it's not something that we want to do just uh, begrudgingly, And with an attitude that says, oh, I can't stand going to work every morning. But that instead we should try and say and find an attitude and a job that allows us to say, work is a joy. God has granted me this privilege, this blessing. And we talked also about how we're so blessed in Canada to be be able to work. And uh, a lot of people don't have this opportunity. It is so true that in our world, there's a lot of people who don't have the privilege and the opportunity to work and to support their families, and we are blessed greatly here in Canada with that opportunity. Recently, I was out for a run, and it was one of those days when, you know, it was one of our typical summer days this year when the wind was blowing, and it was raining, and I had run, uh, oh, I'd run three miles or so, and I turned around, and you know, the first three miles were so easy. It was just so easy. And then I turned around and all of a sudden I had the wind in my face and the rain was coming down and I found myself going down a sidewalk just slightly uphill. And I looked in the distance and coming at me down the sidewalk was a young man on a skateboard. And he, you know, a skateboard, he's got one foot on the skateboard and with the other foot he's doing this and propelling himself along. And then he would put both feet up on the skateboard and he would put his hands out like this And he was just flying along because the wind was at his back. And so he's going downhill with the wind at his back and a huge grin on his face. And he goes by me like that. 
enjoying himself as he, as he goes by this 51-year-old struggling, sweating, groaning in agony runner going uphill against the wind with the rain in his face. And I, I looked at that and I thought, there is a problem here. He is experiencing something wonderful and I'm just, I'm not having that same experience. And I think oftentimes that's exactly how work is. We've got some people who just are going uphill, rain in the face, wind in the face. It is not a joy at all. And there are other people who seem to have that something going on in their working life where they're just floating, flying along with the big grin on their faces and filled with joy. And I think that God wants us to be the latter and not the former. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you like it to be that way? And we talked last time about how it can indeed be that way. Well, this time, this morning, we want to talk not so much about the attitude with which we can go to work or the job that we should have that's going to fill us with joy as much as the point or the goal of our work. I would think there needs to be some kind of objective that we're trying to get accomplished when we go to work in the morning. Wouldn't you say? Like, do you want to go to work and have it be absolutely meaningless? Of course not. You're spending all that time and all that effort, and it may be that you're climbing that hill with that rain in your face, and you don't want that to be for naught. That's got to count for something, and we indeed want it to. Now, there are some areas of life, I think, in which it is easy for Christians to adopt the world's perspective. Maybe easiest for Christians to adopt the world's perspective. For example, it's easy for us to accept the world's perspective about making ourselves number one. The world says that we're supposed to think of ourselves as number one, and I think it's easy for us to adopt that perspective about ourselves, that indeed we're number one, and so much of our effort needs to focus on the fact that we're number one. And in order for us to go in another direction and say, well, I'm not number one, maybe something else is, we have to kind of go against the grain. It's easy to accept the world's perspective about, what, about doing something that is immediately pleasurable to you. It's easy to choose that which is very pleasurable and to do it right now because it's pleasurable. It goes against the grain for us to say, nah, I'm not going to do what's pleasurable. I'm going to do something that takes sacrifice or effort or hard work. It's easy for us to accept the world's idea that we should not attempt to change the perspective of others. It's easy for us to say these days, Every individual has their own choices. Live and let live. And it runs against the grain for us to say to somebody, I have something that I want to teach you that will change your perspective about life. It's hard to say to people who are religious, you need to learn about Jesus. Now my point with all of that is, we find ourselves as Christians so often running against the grain. It is easy for us to adopt the way the world views things because it's easiest. It is hard at times to run against the grain. But I think that that's exactly what happens when it comes to talking about work and why we work, why we do the things that we do. If I ask anybody in the room, I said, is it a good thing for us to be self-focused? 
If I said, is it a good thing for us to focus only on our own pleasure? Or if I said, is it a good thing for us to count all truths equal to Christ? I think all of you would say, no. And that there are times when we need to stand up against the world and say, no, I'm not going to follow your way, world, in this one. And what I want to say this morning is that when it comes to talking about work and why we work, that this is one of those times. This is one of those times when we need to stand up and say, I'm not going to follow the world's way in this one. But in fact, I'm going to look to Scripture, think about Christian history and its heritage, and decide to do something different from what the world does when it comes to talking about work. And I would say that we can identify purposes for our work that are so much different than the purposes the world says should be our purposes with work. We can just come to a different conclusion. There's no reason why we have to adopt the world's way of looking at our occupations. We can say, no, I think I'm going to look at this differently. It is so very easy to accept the world's perspective on work. In fact, I would say... It may be easier for us to accept the world's perspective about work than for us to accept any other attitude the world has about anything. Now I want you to just look at that for a moment. Think about what I just said. It's so very easy for us to accept the world's perspective on work. In fact, maybe easier for us to accept and adopt the world's perspective about work than it is for us to accept anything else the world tells us. If the world says, we think that people should, uh, it's okay if everyone sleeps around with everyone else, we would tend to say, no, that's not a good idea. Now, it may be easy for us to go their direction, but we wouldn't agree with it. If the world says, it's okay for us to step on other people on our way up the ladder, most of us would say, no, it's not a good thing for us to step on other people and to treat others badly. We would, most of us would say, let's not steal, even though the world says, oh, it's okay, it's not going to hurt anybody. They've got lots. But when it comes to this notion of work, isn't it true that when the world says working hard and giving yourself completely to your occupation, that that's easy for us as Christians to adopt? Most of us would say, Working hard is a good thing. And in fact, Scripture points us in that direction exactly. And so I think we need to be really careful when it comes to talking about work because it's so easy for us to head in that direction. One of the place, this is one place I should say of basic agreement, in fact, between Christians and the world is this notion of working hard. And so we have a text that says, as soon as I see it here, if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. You've read that. I've read that. And in fact, if we don't follow that, we might easily say about somebody, well, he or she is what? Lazy. Of course, we would say they're lazy. We would say, get off your rear end and do something. In fact, we would say it is ungodly for people not to work hard, for people to be lazy and not support their families, not earn their own living, we would say is ungodly. And so that's one place of real connection between ourselves and the world when it comes to talking about our jobs. We know that we're supposed to work hard. Paul calls us to work hard. Scripture calls us to work hard. And we know that we're supposed to. 
So that's one place of basic agreement. But my point this morning would be that after that, there are places of an awful lot of disagreement. And I think the Bible is going to point us in a direction that we need to go rather than the way the world goes. In fact, I would say that there are at least three falsehoods about work of which we need to be especially careful. We're thinking about our jobs. How are we going to live out our lives here? There are three falsehoods that I think the world tells us that we need to be careful of. The first one is this. Work is valued because, through it, we gain possessions and status. That's what the world says. The world says that the reason why we work is so that we can have possessions and status. The second reason is leisure, the absence of work. That's our goal, we might hear. And working hard is the necessary path we must follow in order to gain leisure. And so if you work really hard, at the end of working really hard, pour yourself into that, you're going to, at the end, gain leisure. Now, even as I say that, I'm guessing that there's some of you who would say, well, of course. Isn't that right, Kelly? Isn't that why we work? I'm working so that I can gain leisure. I work really hard so that one of these days I won't have to work so hard. And what I want to say this morning is that I don't think that that's a biblical reason for the work that we do. And then a third thing is work should be a focus so that we can have the good life. And I wonder about that too. That's such a natural thing. The world says that, and I think we easily adopt that premise when it comes to thinking about our work, and I'm just not sure that that idea is the biblical foundation for why a person spends so much of his or her time working. And so I would say that the Bible's view about work is simply not like the world's view. I think there are some real contrasts between what the Bible says and what the world says. So the world says this. The world says work is valued because through it we gain possessions and status. Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the last line here is the one that is so crucial to get. Do you see the last line, the last sentence in that scripture? For where your treasure is, there your heart will will be also. And here's the problem. The moment that work becomes for us a means of gaining possessions and status, that's where our hearts will go. And it's just a truth. It's a biblical truth. If we work for the sake of possessions and status, if that's where our treasures are, our hearts will go there. And if your heart goes there, then your heart isn't going where God wants it to go. And so I think there's a truth here that work is to be for something other than possessions and status. The world says this, The world says leisure or the absence of work is our goal and working hard is the necessary path we must follow in order to gain leisure. Now again, I think that that's a very common 
principle within our society. And the notion is that I work hard, I work hard, I pour myself into something, and at the end, I get leisure. I get rest. But I have been reading the Bible a bit, thinking about that question, and wondering whether or not that principle really meshes with what I see in Scripture, and I'm not convinced that it does. In fact, here's what I think the Bible says. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And my point in reading that scripture is, I think that God wants us to be about the task of doing good works. And if I ask any of you, what does God have in mind for your life, I don't know if you'll be able to find for me scriptural justification for the notion that what God wants for you in your life is leisure. Instead, it seems to me that God is calling us in a sense, to constantly work. There's a sense in which Christians don't retire. And they don't retire because they're focused upon what God wants them to be doing in our world. God's goal is not for us to erect buildings. His goal is not for us to erect all kinds of things or to gather possessions. God instead has good works that he desires for us to do. And because of that, I think we need to look in the direction of saying... For me, retirement is an opportunity to be more involved in the works of God than I previously have been. Okay, now think about that. What is retirement for me? Retirement is not just I'm going to have leisure. Retirement for me is instead the opportunity to do more for God than what I've been doing because God constantly calls us to work for him, doing good works, and in fact, that's why he created us. It's interesting because as a preacher, you know what that means. It means that I never retire because I just go from serving the Lord, doing that full time, to continuing to do what I did the rest of my life. Serving the Lord and just doing those good works for him. I, I hope anyway that that's what it means for me. And I would like to think that for those of you who are looking toward that time where later on you're going to retire, you're heading toward that time in life when you won't be as involved in the material world in terms of working hard, gaining, uh, building the business or whatever, the employment that you do, that at the end of life you look at that and say, what will I do? Well, what I'll do is... Do those good works for which God created me. And it's a completely different perspective, I think, than what the world has with respect to what work is all about. So we are heading not for leisure as much as we are heading for the opportunity to do for God full-time what we couldn't do when we had to make a living for our families. Completely different attitude. Okay. Now, here's what I would say the point of Ephesians 2.10 is. Again, work, good works are actually God's goal for us. And we don't retire for the sake of leisure, but so that we can do more of what God needs us to do in in his world so we can do what we're created for. Okay? A completely different perspective, and I encourage you to think about that one. Now, here's another view. The world says work should be a focus so that we can have the good life. Scripture says, You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions And this is my italicizing here. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words that the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And then watch this scripture. 
Ephesians 4.28, he who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. That is fascinating. Look at the reason in these passages why Scripture says we work. What is it? Somebody tell me. Like you can read these passages. What does the Bible say is in this case our motivation for working? What is it? To serve others. Specifically says so that you might give to those who are in need. That is fascinating. All of a sudden, my whole objective when it comes to working and all this time that I spend serving an employer or building a business or whatever it is that I might do takes on a completely different perspective. Because now I find myself not working just for me, not working just for the sake of having the things, not even for the sake of leisure, but specifically working for the purpose of having things to give to other people. Now, we all know, as we said in the beginning here, that the the chief priority there is to give to those who are in need in our family. And so we will support our own family and take care of them. But there is, beyond that, this call in Scripture for us to work in a different direction than just the blessings that might come to us in terms of material possessions with reference to our work. Let me tell you a story. I, years ago, I was uh, there was a couple in, in the church I was serving who all their lives had looked toward those years, the golden years, when they would be together. And they would have all the things that they wanted to have and have all the free time they wanted to have and have all the leisure that they wanted to have. And you could tell, boy, as they got close to those, those retirement years, that was just their goal. They couldn't wait, which I totally understand. But within six months of her husband's retiring, the wife in that marriage died of cancer. And the husband, who had talked to me in glowing terms about what they were going to do in their retirement years, ended up moving up island on Vancouver Island, bought himself a house, and he lived alone the rest of his life, essentially miserable until he died. Now I would say that his perspective about what was going to happen and where he was headed needed to be different in order for him to gain what he really wanted to gain. Because what we're really wanting when we say we want those golden years, what we're really looking for is happiness, isn't it? What we really want is satisfaction. What we really want is peace. What we really want is to be able to say, I can now be fulfilled in my life. And I think what scripture is saying is that the kind of fulfillment that we long for is simply not going to come to us if our perspective about how we've been spending our whole lives with reference to our work isn't in a biblical direction. And going against the Bible in this one, I'm afraid, will leave an awful lot of people potentially miserable 
but at least not fulfilling all that they longed for when it came to where life was headed and even ultimately in retirement. Here lies instead the need for our biggest change of perspective with respect to work. We think we are working so that we can have. And I think what the Bible is saying is that we're working so that we can give. I think our perspective is that we want we work so that we can have. The world's perspective certainly says that. The Bible's perspective is that we're working so that we can give. You guys know the name Bill Gates. Many of you will know the name Warren Buffett. And many of you will know that recently in the last few years, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett have kind of gotten together. Started with Bill Gates and his wife. Then Warren Buffett, amazingly, looked at what they were doing and said, I want in on this too. And so Bill Gates basically has retired from Microsoft. Now, I don't know how that really plays out in his life. But the intention was that he would retire from Microsoft. And you tell me, what was he going to do when he retired from Microsoft? He said he was going to do good stuff. He was going to take billions of dollars and give it away. And when Warren Buffett heard that that's what Bill Gates was going to do, he decided that he wanted in on it too. And he also gave billions and is giving billions of dollars away. I find that fascinating. Andrew Carnegie, back in the early 1900s, was the wealthiest man in North America. He was a steel tycoon. And at one point, after earning, at that point, probably millions and millions of dollars, I don't know about billions then, Carnegie, late in life, looked at his life and said, I don't know if I'm happy. I'm not sure that all the millions that I have have really done for me in my life what I wanted them to do. And so Carnegie did a couple of things. He started giving millions of dollars away, established all kinds of foundations, gave tons of money to, to education and to various benevolent works. And he also started writing. And he wrote about his experience of being so incredibly wealthy and desiring in the end to give it all away. And he says things like this. He says, I would rather leave my son a curse than the almighty dollar. He says, the only people who in the end are going to be happy are those who find the means or take their means and give it away to others for the benefit of of the community. That's amazing to me. We're talking about people who have what you and I so often in our lives dream of having. Like isn't there is there anybody here who hasn't at some point said, I wish I was just incredibly wealthy so that I could just do whatever I wanted to do? And don't you always say, and God, if if you did give me that wealth Understand, I'd give so much of that away. I could do so many good things. And these are people who have 
those good things. Or in Carnegie's, Carnegie's case, had those good things. And in the end, look at their lives and say, the best thing that I can do with what I have is to give it away to those in need. Somehow, they were able to get to the point where they saw the truth that the Bible has already been telling us. That to allow ourselves to focus on those things for our own blessing and benefit will ultimately leave us dissatisfied and unfulfilled. And instead to reshape our thinking and allow our attitude toward work to be completely different is the only way that we can ultimately find satisfaction and fulfillment as God works through those things in us. Now what's really cool this morning is this. When preachers talk like this, it always sounds like he's laying some kind of guilt trip on everybody. And I'm not. Because instead, what I'm doing is I'm giving you the chance for real freedom. This is not a guilt trip. This is an invitation. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity, especially for those of you who are younger. Those of you who are young fathers and young mothers and you're thinking, what am I going to do with my family and its life as we move forward? How are we going to shape ourselves and what are we going to be? And I'm inviting you, encouraging you to have a different vision than what we've seen as the world's vision. The world says these things are where we should be with our working life. The Bible says something different and I'm inviting you this morning to go on a journey. A journey that doesn't go the direction the world goes. And to do something in your attitude, your perspective, and even your efforts in your working life that will build in the kingdom of God something great and wonderful and powerful and that God can use like he never use your money. And that is to just orient your working life toward Ultimately, the good works that God wants you to do. That's a challenge. I know it's a challenge. It runs against the grain. But I believe that's what God wants for us. Now, does that mean that God doesn't want anybody wealthy? Obviously not. (laughs) There are lots of people that are. I know many wealthy, wealthy Christians What's so cool is that those wealthy Christians that I know, almost in every case, are people who love the Lord and I think use their wealth very wisely. I just pray that as we, especially you younger families, as you look toward your future and what you're trying to build, can see the wisdom in having an attitude toward all of that and a perspective toward your work that will see you in the end able to accomplish the good works that God wants you to do because that's why he created you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have of working. We thank you, God, that you do things in our lives to you put us in this wonderful position, many of us, of having jobs and the ability to support our families and 
and even to do good things with the, the, with the money that we earn. But God, it is so easy for us to be swallowed up by the world's attitude toward all that. Help us to have a, a biblical perspective. Help us to see, Father, that there are, are other things that you've created us for than simply the accumulation of possessions or having leisure or focused on our, being focused on ourselves and what we can, can achieve in life. Help us, Father, to want to, to use those things to bless others. To even see that as the main motivation for why we do what we do. And use that new attitude, that biblical attitude, to do powerful things in our world through the work of the church. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.